Welcome to BusinessWorks. This is Hal Alpiar along with Johnny Stites, and we are here today to follow up some of what we started with last week, talking about leadership and teamwork and approaches to that, how to approach that thinking and why that's important. Today, we're going to talk about actual training. So when we do that, we're going to want to be able to share with you as business and professional practice owners, operators and managers, business and healthcare, students and teachers, entrepreneurs, we want to be able to share with you how to know when your staff needs training, how to plan for training that gets results, how to build a receptive training environment that the staff actually looks forward to and participates with actively and then retains the information. So both Johnny and I do various types of training and development. And since this is something that we are involved with pretty much ongoing, I think uh, we'll have some interesting input and some thoughts for you today. Johnny, want to comment on where we're headed with this? And I think in a broad sense, the important part of the training that we have to understand is before you can know what you need to learn, you have to acknowledge that you don't know it all. You have to acknowledge that there is something that you need to be trained for. And that's an important, that's a hard thing for somebody who runs a business because they they run the business because they do think they know it all, at least about what they're doing. Well, it may be just as hard for professionals, teachers and lawyers and doctors and those kind of people that are out there with uh, uh, advanced degrees. They're probably more difficult, actually. Yeah. And so th- you, you just have to be careful that you don't allow yourself to become deluded into thinking that you've arrived when it comes to knowledge. I think Solomon said, you know, knowledge, the more he learned, the wiser he was, the more he realized what he didn't know. And it's important that we understand what we don't know. And one of the ways that you do that is you measure performance. John Cotter in his book, Corporate Culture and Performance, uh, made the connection between the kind of culture you have is directly related to the performance of the people in the culture. Because one of the parts of culture is we're not there. We're not perfect. We have areas that we can improve. And who's going to tell us that? Our customers, our clients, our patients, our students, um, all the people that we that are stakeholders of our activities are the ones that are going to tell us the truth. And I might, I might mention about that, that is, that's a good point. Staff training and development is not something that's limited to corporations. A lot of, a lot of small business people and new or small professional practice people tend to think that they are the exception to the rule and that training and development programs are for the big companies that can afford to take people away for weekends and put them in hotels and have big conferences and bring star presenter, big-name people up on the stage and all that sort of thing. And that's not true. No, it isn't. That's the way they have to function because that's what they that's what they do. And I guess if you have a 1,000 or more employees, um, you need to be thinking about that. But in we're not talking to those guys right now. We, we really are... Uh, focusing here on staff training and development for small business and professional practices, as Johnny says, solving problems, preventing problems, how to increase their skills, how to increase awareness of people both 
internally and externally, uh, customer responsiveness, customer cultivation, how to get more customers, leadership teamwork spills over. It's not just how you get along with the boss or how the boss gets along with you. It, it, it is how your entity, your business, or your practice gets along with the customers and the patients and clients. That, that's all part of it. If you have good leadership and teamwork in your organization, whether it's a, a, a two-person <laughs> operation or uh, 50 or 100, you're going to attract more customers and clients and patients. So, Hal, here's the question. How in the world do you know what to train for? And I think it's important that people who are interested in training understand that the training should address the need, and the need is, is identified by measurements. And you can't, you can't train accurately if you don't know what the performance level of a person is. It'd be like me bringing somebody into a, a construction company and, and this person say, I'm 18 and I'm a, a full carpenter. I can do all carpentry skills. And I know from the time he spent that he, that's not accurate. But he may claim that. And so one of the ways that I'm able to ascertain his skill level is through uh, testing and performance evaluations. And that helps me to understand where his skill sets actually are. It's amazing how many people don't understand that connection that are in business. Well, and, and, and if you take, a, a, let's say you have a company with 15, 20 people um, or fewer, and you take those people and you first of all figure out based on scheduling of everyone's time and uh, the kinds of personal lives that some of these folks may have, when is a good time to be able to schedule uh, some kind of a training direction? And and the answer is going to be really what works with the business, and it has to be seen as part of the business responsibility by the people involved. So one of the things that we want to talk about in relation to all of that is whether or not you want to be able to do training and development, leadership, teamwork yourself, or someone on your staff would do it, or you would go outside for outside services. And there are pros and cons for all of that. And uh, Johnny may want to address some of it to get us started, and then I have some input about it as well. Well, certainly one of the most effective training organizations in the world is our military they train people to the nth degree because people's lives depend upon it. We can't bring the Marines into your little business. No, we no. can't do that. <laughs> but the notion that it's important to train is firmed up by this governmental right. organization. Right. Uh, what I learned in my business was that I didn't have the resources to hire people in the business that, that were part of my business that would do the training. Obviously, we did on-site training from our more senior people to our junior people. But the formal uh, classroom training, if you will, was done through what we call our J&S University. And that university was established so that the people who wanted to improve their skill sets could do so by going to online courses and taking tests 
And to the extent that they were able to do that and show that their progress and their skill sets was improving, we were able to give them more money, raise them up, do a better job in rewarding them for their activities. Well, one of, one of the, the things I guess I'm, I'm looking at is if I'm running a small business and I have 5, 10, 15 people, 20, 100 people working for me, I may think that I can just go in and set up these classes, so to speak, and train people on how to work more effectively together, how to develop a greater sense of teamwork and an attitude that is productive with customers and leads toward increased sales. On the other hand, I may not want to have to do that because I'm going to be dealing with no matter what, there's no way around it. I'm going to be dealing with individuals in a personal level as part of the program that I would do. Well, you almost have to. As business owners, we may not be those kind of teachers. And teaching itself and training is a skill set, and not everybody has it. Right. So you have to you have to be realistic with your talent. So we're going to be realistic with our time right here and take a break, and uh, we'll be back to you with some some more information that I think will be useful to you for leadership and teamwork. Hi, this is Hal and Johnny. We're back talking about leadership and teamwork and training programs, training applications, training thinking. Everyone needs this. Not everyone wants it, so that presents a, a little bit of a struggle. How you do it? by whether you do it yourself or you reach outside for someone with the right kind of experience. How do you measure that experience? How do you know that that person can accommodate you? How, how, do you, how much money is it going to cost? What, wh who's going to pay for that? How do, do the employees um, you know, contribute to that somehow? How is it set up time-wise? Are there lots of conflicts? Who, what are the, all the thoughts going on here? This is a personal service. And whether you do it yourself or someone from outside comes in, it's going to be dealing with personal development with the people involved. There's no way around that. It, this is not training. that We're not talking about training where you sit down and, and study a, a page of information and then you know recite it back. We're talking about developing an attitude of teamwork and making it happen for your business. Uh, Johnny had a couple of comments during the break. You want to, you know, what it takes here to get this going. Well, I felt as an owner of the business, it was my responsibility to make the resources known. If, I, if you're in the construction industry and you want to get better at it, where do you go to do that? Not everybody knows that. It was my responsibility to show them that. Uh, there were a lots of training that we did when they were on the clock, but I believed that every employee should take responsibility for some of the activities that they were uh, being asked to do. And so there would be times we would not make it mandatory, but if you want to advance, if you want to improve your salary level, if you want to become more valuable to the team, you had to spend your time at home or on the internet, uh, learning what needed to be done to make you a better employee. 
and if, the basics of, of the construction industry that you were right. dealing with apply to a lot of businesses. And right? if you weren't willing to do that, that told me something about you as an employee of an, in my business. Right. Because I had people actually tell me, I don't want to improve. I don't want to get better. Well, I would say to them, you're in the wrong business. You're in the wrong right. company. You need to go somewhere else. And thankfully, they would. And they'd go and work for my competitors. So I always knew <laughs> that my competitor, at least in that position, was getting no better year after year. All I had to do was get better, and I'd grow right past them. Well, we have uh, a number of situations in, involving uh, this this concept, this thought about whether you go outside or not for services. Uh, Johnny, of course, has uh, extensive background in the construction field, but what he's talking about applies to everybody. Uh, my background is primarily in healthcare, and I've done training endlessly for uh, healthcare practices of all kinds, working with practice managers and the principals involved, whether it was um, physicians or physical therapists or uh, nurses or, or whatever. There were lots of differences in the kinds of people that that I dealt with from the kinds of people that Johnny dealt with. But by the way, there were a lot of similarities too because it, even with professional practices, there were a number of people who just – they didn't want to learn more. You know, They felt saturated. They got all these degrees and they were – you know, they just didn't feel like they needed anything else and so – you know, the same dynamics took place. So again, it doesn't matter if you are if you're if you're interested in moving forward and you want to build your business or practice in a way that generates more business for you, you really got to take this by this bull by the horns and you've got to get yourselves involved with developing training that works. Uh, staff training and development is not limited, as I said earlier, to corporations. And it is something that, that fits uh, a receptive environment. So what Johnny's been talking about is how, how to develop a receptive environment for this and, and how to look forward to it and be able to participate actively with what's going on. There are ways for the boss to participate in training that does not put the boss on exactly the same level as everyone else in the program, but that gives the boss an opportunity to also develop some skills and, and without feeling uncomfortable in the presence of the employees. There are ways to do all that. Again, you may need to look outside uh, for people who do what we do, for example, for a, you know, for a living uh, and, and who can come in and work with you. Um, Johnny, you had a couple of comments. You were just... Well, one of the things that I would remind people of in my earlier session, we talked about John Cotter in his book, uh, Corporate Culture and Performance. Training that is not tied to performance measurements is not valuable training. And it's just like when you have academics write papers and do research. If that research and those papers aren't helpful to the university and they aren't contributing to the betterment of the university, then as far as I can see, they're not helpful. And so you need to you need to have performance measurements in every one of these positions, whether it's a professor or whether it's a teacher or whether it's a construction worker. What form do those take? What what kind of Well, they they're metrics that you you try to measure people on what is valuable 
to the organization. So if you're talking about a university, it'd be different than if it's a construction company. What are the metrics it takes to make that university not just viable, but excel? So this goes back to some of what we've discussed earlier about uh, approaches, getting ready, setting up uh, a training. Yes, it does. It's really important that you not lose sight of the fact the purpose of the training is to improve the entire process of the entity that you're dealing with. All right. We're going to take a break here, and we'll be back in a minute. This is Hal and Johnny. Welcome back. This is Hal and Johnny. We've been talking about the training of employees, of leadership and teamwork training, and how that happens. And uh, one of the things that occurred to me during the break is that there needs to be a Going back to what we talked about the last show, there needs to be a structured approach to this so that when you go – if you're going to go shopping for somebody outside, uh, you know, like Johnny or myself to come in and do a program like this, you need to have thought out your objective and your goals and have put it down and sat down maybe with one of your key people to do that. Because otherwise, if you bring somebody in from outside and you just say, well, we want some leadership and teamwork training, uh, they may take you for a ride and you're going to end up spending a lot of money that you never thought you would because they may they may have in the back of their minds that this is going to be a year-long program and they're going to meet with your people every you know t- six days or some, some bizarre thing and charge you an arm and a leg. And the bottom line is that it, the more prepared you are to discuss the subject with an outside source, resource, uh, the better that you're going to get the results and you're going to be paying for what you get and not for more than that. So that you're going to be helping the presenter to develop a program wrapped around what it is that you want to accomplish. So you have to decide ahead of time what it is that you want to accomplish by a program in this nature and and use that as your basis for discussion. How one of the most critical areas for uh, talent today is in construction. There are way more jobs available than there are people to fill those jobs. And part of that is because of our earlier discussion, we haven't been giving young people a choice. It's go to college or just fail. And if you choose to do the construction industry, you can have a great career there and you can make a lot of money as it as an, even as a tradesman. And just, still go to school later if you yeah, choose. Yeah, you right? sure can. And the way I know that is I just had some plumbing work done at my house and you know you're going to get charged 60 or $70 an hour for that guy to come and work on your commode or your sink or anything that's relative to plumbing. So one of the programs that I would share with the group here, especially those who are considering a career change, there's a program called Go Build that is doing ads on TV to make kids aware and young adults aware of the opportunities available in the construction industry. Go Build, B-U-I-L-D. You can find it on the internet, and here they will tell you where you can go get trained, what's the benefits of the training, uh, what does training, what does the position look like, and what do, what are the things that are done by welders and block masons and carpenters and all of those kind of skills. It's really helpful, and I'm sure there are those same kinds of helps to others in other industries 
but that's one I'm particularly interested in. Yeah, the, and that comes to the surface in a number of ways. Um, the the kinds of uh, I when I do training of any kind, it's a structured experience, and so it's wrapped around the goals of the business. And it needs to be monitored as well. And so that usually is worked out with pulling people from the employee group to function in the role of observer and where they take notes of what they see and hear taking place and then give feedback reports after the activities are over and we have an open discussion about it. And 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 that's – uh, first of all, that helps people to separate fact from opinion because they're they're kind of forced to put what they see and what they hear, not what they think, in their notes, and that that gets discussed with all of the participants. Uh, the boss usually is part of that discussion as well, and and so there is an opportunity to learn and grow and build security and direction around the things that are problematical with the business and, and help people to look at things in a different way. So doing activities that seem sometimes really like they have nothing to do with what's going on day to day. Uh, I, I've done uh, – I mentioned to Johnny the other day. I've done uh, programs where I get break teams – break into teams and have the teams compete with each other in – in doing uh, some kind of a team task and then have the observers stand around and make notes, what they see and hear. When it's all said and done and the time period runs out as an opportunity to really learn through the discussion that takes place based on those observations. Hal, a great example is we were talking about training in our company. Of course, everybody always says, oh, man, training, got to go to these classes so what we did is we brought some people in who were experts at training, and they set up this program where the men were given a pile of materials and a set of plans, and they were told to build what the plan showed with the materials that they had. Right. And, of course, there was a, you had several teams, and then these teams were competing with each other. What we learned was that everybody – worked as fast as they could, as hard as they could. Some did a better job than others. We went back, took it all apart, put it back in the same piles, and then we said to the people, before you start working this time, we want you to sit down as a group and plan what you could do to save some time in this. Right. They did that, and in every case, they increased their productivity. Right. That's enlightening for And everyone. saved time, mm -hmm. and it, that then was the basis upon which we did our training. So it was a great way to reinforce why training and planning is important. Thank you. We're going to wrap that up today and look to see you next week with a discussion on actions, how to take leadership and teamwork actions. Thank you all. We appreciate your listening today. We hope to see you back um, next week.